This is a podcast from Minute Media. Sox fans, here are the Bastards of Boston Baseball. Hello everyone and welcome to the Red Sox versus Astros ALCS preview show. We will be talking about the series, making our picks for the series as well. Charlie Smith, Joe Goddard here with me to discuss that. I think we're going to be doing the next, uh, the first two games of the series. So just be prepared to listen to us uh, for the next few episodes. So how are you, gentlemen? I'm doing great, man. I'm super excited. You know, I've been I've been riding the high of uh, just the fact that we were able to slowly piece together uh, Tampa Bay. I actually just wrote my first article in a little while back on the little side podcast for fun or side uh, blog. I'm, I'm super pumped. I, I, I don't think I, I've ever been so happy that Andrew was right about something ever like three games to one. I remember thinking this man's psychotic. The same thing he was saying when I said Corbin Burns, Cy Young, he was like, are you crazy? I was thinking the same thing, but I'm super pumped riding the high super pumped for this, uh, for this series. Uh, those of you that are curious, you want to keep sending that Twitter love, Smith underscore MLB. Job. Any day that I'm on with Charlie's a good day. You know, th- things are good. I'm actually juggling a couple of different websites here as I try to buy tickets for anywhere under an arm and a leg for game three. Um, but if you want to talk socks, you can find me at J-O-B-M-L-B. That's at Job MLB. Um, or you can just kind of chirp Terry and he'll chirp me for you. Um, which seems to be what's been going on the last week. Absolutely. And uh, wh- how much are those tickets going for, by the way, just in case the audience Anywhere is... from about uh, $180 for the cheap seats to about uh, $650 for the uh, the prime seats. Okay. Not quite as bad as I thought. I think I thought we were going to be getting into the four digits there. Um well, all right. I mean, you might be within a couple of days. I'm looking at game three right now, and I guarantee you if you're up two games to nothing, or even if you're tied, then that's that's what it's going to look like. Did you just say we might be up two games to nothing? I said if. I said if. <laughs> yeah, so real quick, I, I meant to do this on the last show. I don't do this enough on the podcast. I do it often enough on Twitter. We just want to thank everybody in the audience Every day, I'm obsessing over the data for the podcast, and I, I share it with with everyone in, in the war room, all the other uh, four other co-hosts. And typically, we're a top 100 MLB podcast. We bounce between 50th and 100th, and, and I would say more often than not, we're in the middle of that. In the last few weeks, or, excuse me, probably in the last week or so, I should say, We've gotten all the way up to number 10, the number 10th ranked podcast, a notable podcast some of you might be familiar with that we are currently beating 
the Call Me Poppy podcast. That's with Jared Carabas and uh, David Ortiz, of course. And we're beating them. The next one in front of us, if we're ha- if we're lucky enough to get ahead of it, is the Athletic Podcast, which has uh, Ken Rosenthal, arguably one of the biggest MLB writers. It'd be either him or Jeff Passan, depending on who you ask. So they're only one in front of us. And then CC Sabathia's podcast, R2C2, has gotten really popular in the last couple of years. They're only two in front of us. So we're, gonna, we're kind of fantasizing about jumping ahead of them, maybe if not just for a day or two, but that's where we are. And we owe everybody a big thank you, and we appreciate everything immensely. And just one other, uh, one other stat, so to speak. Typically during the season, we were getting about fifteen to 16,000 downloads per month. And as of right now, in the last 30 days, we have just crossed 28,000. So we don't know where the ceiling is, but this is bigger than I ever could have imagined when I when I started this show in 2017. And I'd be remiss if I, I didn't thank my past co-hosts for, for achieving the other benchmarks uh, on my way uh, to this, on our way to this, I should say. So, so thank you. Uh, very much. Getting it out of the way. Autumn is in the air, the pumpkins are in the patch, and our friends at Manscaped are here to make sure you don't carve your pants pumpkins when you're grooming, if you know what I'm saying. Make sure you're keeping things fresh this fall with the leaders in male grooming and their brand new fourth generation performance package. Boys, get ready for a cuffing season like no other. Ready to take the leap into fall with Manscaped? Join the 2 million men worldwide using Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20. First off, the new Performance Package 4.0 includes the new Lawnmower 4.0. If you're looking to cozy up this fall, this trimmer is essential. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com make your balls a priority this fall choose manscaped your balls will thank you very good charlie so getting into the alcs uh, it's just crazy just those words coming out of my mouth red Sox are in the alcs we were getting thumped by baltimore uh what two weeks ago if that and hung on for dear life in the Washington National Series, just barely eked out a couple of those games. Probably would have gotten beat by a better team uh, had the Nationals not been doing uh, so so good. But um, so it's just absolutely insane. So let's start off with this question: As we do go into this Astro series, and the first two games will be in Houston, much like the first two games were in Tampa last series. Are you more worried about the Astros than you were worried about the Rays going in? Or do you think the Red Sox perhaps match up with the Astros a, a little bit better? Uh, Charlie. I'm going to start uh, this one uh, off. You go ahead. Yep, go ahead. I'm going to start this one off with, hell yes, I'm more worried about Houston than I was about Tampa. Um, the Rays are a good team. In fact, they're a great team. But they are better than the sum of their parts. And their parts aren't necessarily that good. And it lends itself to being managed fantastically by Alex Cora, where sometimes you can beat 
great teams with a manager. You can. Uh, the players played great, but the manager really outthought Kevin Cash, and we won that series. You're not going to beat the Astros by trying to outthink Dusty Baker because he's seen it all. And the Astros are not just the sum of their parts because the parts are really freaking good. Like, really good. We got some absolute stars on this team. They know what they're doing. They've been there before. Five straight ALCS for the Astros. And we have to deal with the circus. I mean, sign-stealing circus is going to be the headline for the next week. Um, that's all we're going to get asked about. That's all people are going to talk about in the national media. If Joe Buck has an over-under for that, it's going to be like eight and a half and hammer the over. How many times he mentions his sign-stealing scandal or suspension. Um, so absolutely, you should be more worried about the Astros than you are about the Rays. Charlie? So it's uh, a great take, and, and I'll say this much. I thought personally that Tampa Bay was going to play games two through four or two through five the way that they played game one, which was with grit, with absolute nothing short of sheer intimidation. I mean, you have guys hitting home runs. You have guys stealing home. Like you have literally everything working for you. And Kevin Cash was displaying why Tampa Bay was – in my opinion, probably the best team in the American League because there were really, if there were any glaring holes, you couldn't really tell where they were because it just seemed that everything that happened as far as the rotation went, everything with the offense, everything turned to gold, adding little pieces. Nelson Cruz getting added. Uh, J.P. Fire Eisen getting added. I thought he was underrated before he got moved. Nelson Cruz is like the ageless wonder. He just doesn't seem to go down. Houston... Adds more controversy, no question there. And while that's going to be going on for a little bit over a week, it will not compare to the sheer fact that it will last for the entirety of each one of their careers. Regardless on if it happened, if it didn't happen, if you believe they're a part of it, if you don't believe they're a part of it, this is going to be a more intense series. The last time that we were in the ALCS was in 2018. The last team we faced in the LCS was Houston, if I'm not mistaken. This is going to be a much more intense uh, series. You got You look at it based on position. Who has a better rotation? Who has a better bullpen? Who has a better closer? Who's got better offense? Who's got better defense? And there are certain players from Houston that I am intimidated by. I'm curious to see which players are going to be pitched around. The Red Sox right now just need to pitch around uh, or have maybe one, two guys pitched around. Otherwise, they've figured everyone out. I'm curious to know if they're going to eliminate Kike Hernandez completely from this whole picture because of what he was able to do against Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay did not seem to learn after game two. Don't pitch to Kike. He's going to punish you, and he's going to make you look pedestrian. And they continued on doing it, and that's why they continue to get wrecked. Um, it's going to be an absolute shot. I said that facing Tampa Bay and winning against Tampa Bay was like the first the first World Series. If the Red Sox can get to the World Series, this will be like the second one. The American League is without a doubt the more difficult, the more competitive league this year. Houston, insane. Insane. Tampa Bay, I don't care. Prior to the playoffs, insane. There's only one team in the National League that I'm really, truly intimidated by. That's it. So what worried me about the Rays is the fact that 
they use their bullpen a lot, and those type of games tend to keep us off balance. And the Red Sox just don't play well against, uh, uh, you know, they don't play well in that type of a game, I should say. So I was really worried, and I had Tampa win in that one 3-1. to one. But having said that, I'm a little bit worried about Houston because they're they're just better. They they have better starting pitching. Their lineup, I mean, they've got a bunch of NB, MVP candidates in there. They got Jose Altuve controversially won an MVP 2017. Carlos Correa, usually a top ten threat at the worst. Same as Alex Bregman. I forget Alvarez first name, but he's their big husky uh, DH most of the time. Michael Brantley seems to rake in the playoffs. So does Yuli Gurriel, a big-time playoff uh, player. So I'm a little bit worried there. The White Sox made a fatal mistake going into game two, uh, three or four of that series. They accused the Astros of possibly cheating while they were in Houston. Dumb move. Dumb move. This is not a team you want to fire up, and that's exactly what they did. And one game later, they're out. Astros win that one, three to one. So I'm a little bit worried there. And I think because of that, I think I think Houston that they're going to be a bigger mountain to conquer. Now during the regular season, they won both series. I think they they beat us five out of seven games, something like that. It, we got our rear ends handed to us. So so. The one saving grace is that a couple guys we're going to see within the first few games, uh, Garcia and Valdez, uh, gave up a number of runs on against Chicago. They had some high-scoring games. Astro still uh, won three of them. So uh, we'll we'll get to those in a minute. But may, perhaps we are catching these guys at, at the at the right time, the starting pitching. But you, you look at those tight ropes we walked against the Rays. I mean, we had two walk-off wins, one in the bottom of the ninth that was tied going into the inning, and then, of course, the 14th inning game. I, I don't know that we don't fall off that tightrope against a team like the Astros, so we're going to we're gonna get into it. Um, so let's just go ahead with game one, where we do know that that game will be Nathan Avaldi, who will be pitching on regular rest, by the way. He last pitched Sunday. This is a Friday night start. So regular rest against uh, Framber Valdez, who did a number on us. And he had a great first half, had a three-something ERA uh, by the end of the season, which was obviously, you know, would have been first or second best on the Red Sox. So, uh, so Job, how do, you, how do you see that matchup? I can't take any confidence into this game with any pitcher but Nate. I would be stressed about this game with anybody but Nate. But he's been the best pitcher in the playoffs so far among all pitchers, um, except Logan Webb. So I will take Nate Evaldi. I think we're going to win game one. I think it has to be the two-to-one game because that's the only way I think we could beat Valdez. I think Valdez really dominates this lineup, our lineup, and without a healthy Rafael Devers, I don't know if he can catch up to some of these relievers. Um, Houston is smart enough to pitch up in the zone. They were the ones who figured it out the first time. 
I am worried about facing Valdez. I think um, this is going to be the hardest game in the series to win, but I think Evaldi's going to get it done. So I'm. Um, I also have a lot of faith in in uh, Native Valdi here. Um, Native Valdi only had one appearance against Houston. He got shelled. Uh, it did not end well for him. Uh, I wish. I wish it had a different result. Unfortunately, it did not. They did not face each other this year. But Framber Valdez pitched seven innings back-to-back games against Boston and actually got his first two wins on the year against the Red Sox. Um, he didn't play for the first two months of the season. Was not there in April. His first appearance didn't come until late May. Was a non-factor for two months. And after joining, he only had, I think, one or two really bad games. Everything else was like, okay, he just had a, a rough outing. It is what it is. He also has the ability to come out there and strike out 10 guys, which is what he did in his first start after the uh, first start after the first start. So second start, he struck out 10 against Boston uh, at home. And then his next start after that was at Fenway and did literally almost the same thing all over again. I think that this is going to end up being a 4-2 finish for the Sox. I really want to believe that the Red Sox are going to start off on the right page. I can understand why a case could be made for, for Valdez. But if we don't win the first game of this series, we're already up against the wall. We need a win. And you said 4-2, and that's that's your game one score, not the series score, correct? That's my game one score. 4-2, to yeah. two, Sox win. Very good. Uh, so, Evaldi did get shelled in the uh, first game. Five and one-thirds innings, gave up five runs, so not a great outing. He did get tuned up, I think, a few different times in the first half and then and then kind of cruised through the second half. Evaldi did. So I worry a little bit about Valdez. He was one of the guys that I thought was thriving off of the sticky stuff. The ball was looking like a wiffle ball coming in at 100 miles an hour, just doing these insane things that uh, baseballs don't do. So that won't be the case this time, and hopefully the Red Sox have a little bit better success against him and can string together some runs. I'm going to take the Red Sox in Game 1 as well. I think the offense is has a ton of momentum. Devers, despite being hurt, had a pretty good series, had some some clutch hits, and Job made a good point. The Astros were the team that exposed the fact he wasn't swinging at many fastballs. He was sitting on a lot of off-speed pitches, and that's part of the reason why he had a great first half, so they attacked him with fastballs. He did hit a home run, I believe, in that series once he figured that out, and just to show them, fine, throw fastballs at me, but but yeah, so Devers could have a big series. Hopefully, hopefully Kike Hernandez keeps his foot on the accelerator. The hottest player in the last, even before the ALDS, uh, the last couple series. So a guy that we we would like to uh, see continue that momentum. Is he going to hit 450 in this series? Probably not. But he could have some some clutch hits. I don't think. They've seen Kyle Schwarber yet, so it remains to be seen what type of uh, performance he'll have in the batter's box. But that's a, it's a winnable game for the Red Sox, and we have to win one in, in Houston. So that, that sounds like it could be the most winnable. 
So let's get into game two. That's a little tentative right now because uh, I was under the impression Alex Cora was very cryptic about Chris Sale. All he would say all day long is he's going to pitch. He's going to pitch in the series. And the beat writers were trying to get clarification. Is that going to be in the bullpen? Is that going to be in the rotation? And I felt like the fact that Cora was noncommittal is an indictment on his lack of confidence in Chris Sale in the rotation. So he, Sale's been lost. He hasn't found it. The Astros luckily aren't a divisional opponent, so they haven't. They didn't see him in the second half. I think he made eight starts. Sale did before the playoffs began. So, but Lou Merloni says apparently the, in a tweet that he believes Chris Sale will be the game number two starter. So, Job, how do you feel about that? Well, I was listening to Merloni today, and he made some good points. I don't feel good about Chris Sale going into this series, and I can't believe that I'm saying this. I, you know, me from June is very upset with me. Um, he doesn't have it right now. He doesn't have the velocity. He doesn't have the changeup. In fact, I talked last show about how I thought he might get left off the ALCS roster. We don't have Garrett Richards, so that's another piece to it. Um, another one of those guys who can give you innings is now Hart. I think that this is going to be the game you have to win 10-8. to 8. There's always one game in the series you're going to have to win in a slugfest. I can't believe I'm saying it's the game with Chris Sale, but it's going to be the game with Chris Sale. It's going to be Chris Sale and Tanner Houck again. That's going to be the combo. Hopefully Houck comes in in the third or the fourth inning and not the first inning or the second inning um, at worst and can give you four, bridge it together from there. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be completely transparent. If you don't put Chris Sale on that ALCS roster, you're throwing in the towel. Uh, because even Chris Sale at 60% is better than some guys at 100%. I don't want to think for one second that you're going to see a double dud. And by well, double you know, dud... Interestingly enough, Charlie, he's been in the bullpen the past three days uh, working side sessions with the pitching staff. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't happen for a starting pitcher all that often, where they, they work multiple days in a row in the bullpen. He's right. clearly trying to find that changeup. And if he does find that changeup, then forget it. I mean, Chris Sale could be back overnight. Sure. Um, do I think we're going to start off the series winning 2-0? Andrew would say yes. And I don't blame him because he called this the last series where he said we're going to win three out of four. Good on him for that. Um, I struggle saying that we're going to win more than one. Uh, I think legitimately we need to win – one of two, two out of three, and then one of two again on the way back. I think it's going to be minimum six games. Uh, this is going to be an intense fight. Um, ultimately, though, I think that it will turn to the bullpen because I don't think we're going to see Chris Sale go more than four four innings, four plus. And um, I, I think we're going to slip. And I think the reason for that is is not going to be so much Chris Sale as the fact that we're just not going to have the offense. I think they're going to make the adjustments. Uh, and that's going to be that's going to be the case. That's going to be it. So um, I'm keeping my fingers crossed. I want nothing more than to be able to celebrate Chris Sale like I always have. Uh, nothing makes me happier than seeing him pitch, even though he threw up a dud. Just one clunker. Like Job says, Chris Sale's a one-pitch pitcher right now. He's got a slider. That's it. I think that translates to more of a bullpen role. 
And that's what I would do if you're going to pitch him in game two. And we, we're not clear of the Astros starter. It's it's tentatively probably going to be Luis Garcia. However, if we if we do win game one, maybe they have a little bit of pressure to put McCullers in there, who's essentially their ace on one day short rest. But it's probably going to be Garcia at this point. So I, I'm going to say the one thing about McCullers. McCullers actually started complaining about some soreness. So I don't think we're going to see him for a little bit. And it's still a question mark to see when in the rotation we're going to be seeing him. If we see him the first four games, we don't know. Uh, at best, he's probably pitching game three or four. Just considering, um, I, I actually I, I see him probably pitching game three, to be completely honest. That would be Monday after an off day. So that does make sense. Right. But... Um, here's the thing we all know what happens with bad elbows ask chris sale you know so i think that they're going to be diplomatic with him i'm actually feeling like i'm the only one that's somewhat confident about chris sale right now because i don't think it's just a a solid one pitch i think he can make the adjustment so he'll get the velocity back on the fastball you're going to see the slider fastball praying for that changeup to work but i mean we've seen pitchers survive off of one and a half two pitches Chris Sale, I feel, is going to be good enough to make those adjustments. I just he he doesn't locate the fastball very well on the outside of the plate, so that's kind of what my concern is with that right now. I, I still feel like it's an automatic loss. The the Astros are the best team as far as analytics go. No team in baseball is going to make adjustments the second time they see a pitcher better than the Astros. Now they haven't seen Sale, so maybe maybe that enables him to go an inning two, maybe if we're lucky three more than we think he might go, but I'm a little bit worried about it. And, but that makes me a little bit worried about games five, six, and seven as well. Uh, let's, we know Rodriguez is, is going to pitch probably game three. If he's not in game two, I thought the whole time it would be game two, but he'll probably go game three on Monday. Here's the big wild card or, or I, the make or break. Nick Pavetta pitched six innings of two-run ball in his only start against the Astros this season. Very, very strong start for him. Do we want him in the rotation, or do we like the bullpen role he had where he, in the extra innings game, he pitched, I think, five innings, but um, – Arguably, nobody else in the bullpen was that good with with long inning relief, but I think we need starters that can that can go. So, what, how how do we want to see Nick Pavetta utilized? Well, here's the reason that I would say you need him in the bullpen. It's because you don't have Garrett Richards. I can't believe I'm saying this. Me in the in the spring and me in the summer is very shocked with my takes on this episode, but with Garrett Richards hurt. And you can't trust Matt Barnes. You might not have the same roster that you had for the ALDS because you might need to get some fresh arms. I wouldn't be surprised if either Salimura or um, at least one other arm makes the roster and somebody doesn't make the cut. Maybe Barnes doesn't make it and Salimura does, uh, though Barnes wasn't utilized all that much. You need a guy who can give you three, four innings in the bullpen just as much as you need it in the starting rotation. Um, and we're just an arm short right now. What I would like to see is 
a similar setup to the ALDS. But you have to remember, I mean, Chris Sale would go in game two in this scenario. Then you have an off day. Game three, you could throw the pen. Or you can lean on Eddie Rodriguez like we did this last game to give you five innings and go from there. And I think a lot of it's going to depend on how the team responds in Houston. If we can steal one in Houston, then I wouldn't be surprised if Nick Pavetta makes a start. And if we are down 0-2, I think Nick Pavetta stays in the bullpen. Interesting. Uh, I don't think we're – it hurts me to hear the terminology we're going to steal one because I think we're going to get one. I think we're going to earn one of those wins. So I'm going to start with that. Second thing is if it ain't broke, don't fix it. We still don't know what we're going to be getting out of Chris Sale. I'm pretty confident. I'm probably on Lonely Island with that one, which is fine. But Nick Pavetta showed you what he could do in relief. You need someone who can do uh, EL, extra long relief. Uh, and that's where he comes into play. Ideally, game two. Chris Sale only pitches two, three innings. You throw Pavetta in there for another four, five inning spot. And hopefully we can do well enough because I think Hauk will end up being um, utilizing game three, possibly in long relief. Maybe Whitlock closes out game one and you have Hauk Whitlock game three. Um, I'm, I'm playing around with like different combinations, but I've, I'm a long supporter of if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Don't start tweaking stuff. Uh, don't start tweaking things if you don't need to. I, I respect the want to put Pavetta in the uh, you know third, fourth game as a starter. But then what happens if he gets shelled and Hauk isn't available? Then we're going to be blowing up the whole rotation. So I think we need to be diplomatic with what we're doing, keep what worked in the last series, and make the healthy adjustments that we need. I think Pavetta in the bullpen is a smart play. Here's another reason I would prefer Pavetta in the, in the rotation. Eduardo Rodriguez had two starts against Houston, went exactly four and two-thirds innings both times, gave up exactly six runs both times, got shelled. So maybe they hit lefties well, and if that's the case, Chris Sale's another lefty. So uh, in, in um, 2017, they were a great lefty hitting team when they won the World Series. Obviously, there were some shenanigans going on, but yeah, Charlie. So real quick, um, if, if that's a concern, where we're concerned about Erod getting shellacked, let him start. If he has a bad start where he allows two, three runs in the first inning, two innings, pull him, bring in Pavetta. And then you're set for the next four-plus innings. Whitlock to close it out. I feel confident about that. Well, that would be game two with Pavetta coming in after sale. Game three, again, with Rodriguez on just... Two days rest. Yeah. So uh, perhaps you use Hauk in, in one of those games and, and run it that yeah. way. But I, I don't want to get into a tendency of, of getting buried early in some of these games either. That, that would be a concern. Well, let's, let's run it back a little bit when we think about this in terms of lineups. Who are the hitters you're most fear, that you fear the most in the Astros lineup? Because for me, it's Altuve and Correa. Those are the two guys that worry me. They crush left-handed pitching. The, they're, they're very good, yeah, especially Correa. Um, Bregman has such great plate discipline. I think he's going to be extending pitchers deep in counts, so he's he's another guy that I fear. The good news is the Red Sox have a lot of right-handed pitching. 
we really only have one lefty that we really lean on in the bullpen, and that's Josh Taylor. The only right hander, the only left hand hander starter we rely, the only left handed starter we rely on is Eduardo Rodriguez. At the moment, we're not trusting Chris Sale to get us five. We're hoping he gets us five, we, unless you're Charlie. We need a big start. We need a big start. If you go back to the Tampa series, it was looking like Nathan Avoldi was our only reliable starter because if uh, Erod got shelled in the first game, and then how are you feeling after that? I, I guess we weren't feeling too pessimistic about Sale, but it, it ended up blowing up, and, and luckily we, we ended up winning that game regardless because we put up, I think that was the 14-run game. But, um, but oh, man, this is... This is a deadly lineup, and I'm not going to lie. I mean, we talked about the, sh- the shenanigans earlier. I'm extremely uncomfortable playing in Houston. You think they have a different size mound? <sighs> I I don't know. I don't know, but they they play very well at home, and you know, Charlie. That uh, borderline sounded like a potential conspiracy theory right there are we, are we assuming I, are we I, assuming you know, that houston plays with different rules i don't want to make that assumption because there are red sox players who listen to this show there might be astros players for all we know listening <laughs> to the show right now we are oh, number are. two in the market and i don't want to be giving them any bolton board material because we are not the white Sox. And we're not going to make that same mistake um i was just kind of alluding to the rays and how there were pitchers measuring the mound uh down there in tampa at the trop I'm only giving you a hard this, time. This is a great baseball team that we're about to face. And this is going to be a fun week of baseball no matter what. If you do want to find me at the game, I will be at game three. I just bought tickets. Trying to get Charlie to come as well. Find me in Grandstand 27 in case you don't want to trip me on Twitter. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm talking to my sister right now. I think we're uh, we're going to be getting some tickets. There we go. So the bastards will be in attendance at the game, Terry. <laughs> we won't have to get a we won't have to get a photo with uh, Carabas and Co. Seeing as they're number one in the market, we're number two in the market. And we're coming for them. <laughs> I love that. Um, yeah, go ahead. Charlie and I did have uh, we we met up with one of our um, longtime followers on Twitter. Took a selfie. So. I wouldn't be surprised if you guys do get messaged uh, during the game about uh, the same thing. So I'll be I'll be envious of you guys to to be able to see that. Um, all right, so prediction time, and I'll get into. Let me just read off Jason and Andrew's prediction. Jason has the Astros winning in six. That's four games to two. Andrew has the exact opposite outcome. Of course, uh, four games to two. He has the Red Sox beating the Astros. He did predict the exact outcome of the race series, three games to one. So I think in all fairness, we can't laugh as hard as we did the last time when that seemed totally ridiculous. Uh, so that that's how they're picking. But uh, Job, go ahead. How do you, what's your score? Sox and seven. Okay. This is going to be a win in Houston. I, I want to pick Houston based on the numbers and, and looking at these teams on paper. But there's an edge factor in Boston right now. And I was at that Yankee wildcard game. I've never seen Fenway that loud, including 13, including 07, and even 04 as a kid. I mean, Fenway has never been as loud as this, and it's because the Patriots aren't the Patriots of old. The Bruins aren't ready to compete for a cup. The Celtics are the Celtics. 
fans are realizing now we can't take playoffs for granted anymore. We need to show up and show out for our teams because this city is used to winning, and that's what we're going to do. So I, I think the home field advantage in Boston is is twice that in, of that in Houston, and we're going to win two on the road, take care of business at home, win in five. So I admire you and Andrew yet again. I wouldn't be a fool and laugh twice, but I'll say this much. Um, Houston is the team that got embarrassed. They want nothing more than to be able to prove, oh, we can do it without trash cans and we can do it without this, that, and the other. I think they have potent hitters in the lineup. I think some of them are, even with their talent, they're underrated. I think Jordan Alvarez is disgusting and he's a star. Um, originally, I wanted to see this game, this series go go seven but my initial take on this was houston was going to take this in six and the reason for that being is i am concerned about the pitching status for the red sox i am not concerned about the pitching for houston outside of jake odorizzi who i think is incredibly overrated and their ace has an elbow issue you just went through telling us that their ace has an elbow issue i'm talking about Lance McCullers, who will come back, I still feel I still feel good that Houston uh, will do well. I think the Red Sox are going to be able to win a couple. I just don't think they'll have enough. And if they silence Kike Hernandez, which I think they will, this has the opportunity to go six or seven. My initial take was Houston and six, so I'm I'm going to stick with my initial take: Houston and six. This will be the third time in five years the Red Sox have faced the Astros. Two out of those three times will have been the ALCS. The Red Sox beat them in 2018. Uh, 2017 was the ALDS. They beat us three games to one. That was the final year of the John Farrell era for what that's worth, but also the year of the shenanigans, so to speak. And... Even though we we played them in 2018, we didn't know about anything that went down in in 2017. It wasn't until late 2019 that the bombshell report came out on the Astros. So since then, it's been about two years since that report. Jason and I like to hammer on the fact that no team wants to win this World Series worse than the Houston Astros to erase the controversy and all, everything that went along with 2017, they want to prove that they can they can win a, a World Series cleanly without cheating. And I think we can all argue that's a very talented team, and they very well could have won it anyway without any of that. So um, I think I, I don't like the latter games in the series, games five, six, and seven, because if you're going to use Nick Pavetta, in the pen in game two, and then you try it again in game five. I think he gets shelled in game five because the Astros make adjustments better than anyone. Their, their offensive analytics are the very best in the game. So that's why perennially they're good. I, in 2020, nobody thought they were going to be that good. They ended up getting to the final game of the LCS against Tampa. They were one game away from going to the World Series. That's how close it was. And they overachieved because nobody thought they had the pitching. 
So I, I, I'm going to kind of six games is the popular pick here. That was also my initial feeling. I'm going to pick the Astros in six games, like, like Jason and Charlie. And so the theme continues. The same three hosts who picked against the Red Sox are doing it again. Job and Andrew are going to pick the Red Sox and I like it. And I love being wrong. I'm not one of those spiteful guys that will root against my team just so I'm right. I, I Who doesn't want to be sitting here a week and a half from now predicting World Series matchups? And I'll say this. You can make a case because Garcia and Valdez both got thumped in their, in their White Sox series starts. So the, their offense bailed them out, and they could very well do that against the Red Sox as well. But... Perhaps, perhaps the momentum with the the Red Sox offense can can kind of emulate what Chicago did by putting runs up on them. So you you can make the case for the Red Sox to win. However, I'm I'm going with the Astros. I picked the Astros to beat us in 2018 for what it's worth as well, and I still don't feel bad about that. They were my World Series pick that year. They weren't my preseason World Series pick this year. I will not discuss the ridiculous prediction I made about who I thought was going to go to the world series on the American league side. But since about may, I've kind of felt that the Astros were the team at that point. Like I, I was kind of buying the hype at that point and I, I I'm sticking with it. So that was my long winded response. I I'm a, sorry for that, but uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, any final thoughts guys? I'm not shocked that a majority of us have Houston taking uh, the series in six. It's got nothing to do with not being a Red Sox fan either. I think it's realistically, given what we've had, looking at what we're looking at, it's similar to several other teams that were just due for specific events that happened during the course of that year. There was extra motivation no team has the fire right now like this team. The Giants want to prove to everyone that they're not a joke, and the Houston Astros want to prove to anyone that they're not a bunch of cheaters. And the 2021 Red Sox want to prove everybody wrong. Pretty Everybody's got a chip on their shoulder who's left in the dance, except the Dodgers. Dodgers right now are the only team that the entire world is rooting against. But on, on this side of the bracket... How, how can you not want this series to go seven games? Like, this is going to be so much fun. I'm, I'm so ready for it. Whether the Rasak win or lose, it's probably going to be the most entertaining week of baseball we've had in Boston in a long time. And people got to remember, and I, I hate to do this, this is more Andrew's role than mine. We've got some really good players down in the farm. This is only the beginning. We're opening the window a little early. I hope the 2021 Red Sox force the window wide goddamn open in theory we should get better and better in the in the coming years than, than how we were the previous year so i don't know that we're going to be bona fide world series contenders next year but there's no reason to suggest we won't be a, a serious contender now if the red sox do get bounced and we hope that doesn't happen obviously there's two guys that would be Cinderella stories as far as getting World Series rings. One is Dusty Baker, even though we're not Astros people. He's a very beloved manager who's been around forever. 
the second oldest manager in the game, only to Tony La Russa, and that's assuming La Russa doesn't get fired in the next handful of days. The other guy that it would be so awesome to see win a ring, Mike Yastrzemski. They got to win game. They got to win game five against the Dodgers. That series is tied. It'll it'll wrap up on Thursday night. Logan Webb is pitching, so that's good for the Giants. So, and then I I feel like the winner of Game Five against the the Giants and the Dodgers I think will go to the World Series. The Braves, cute story. They don't get Soroka back like they thought. They lose Acuna in uh, early July, and they've kind of been a Cinderella story. But I I think that can only carry them so far. Wouldn't mind being wrong about that because they're also a very likable team. But uh, so that's kind of where I'm at. I hope I'm dead wrong again. And, and the Red Sox go for a win. So in the series, they got to win one in, in Houston if we're getting if we're going to be fantasizing about a game six win and a game seven win. So wrapping this up, we will be back late Friday night to discuss what did happen in game one in the Evaldi start. And we will be with you after every game until we win it all and board the duck boats or whatever the whenever the bitter end uh ends up coming so everybody have a good rest of your week take care